I'm all about reasonable revenue generation tools, Matt. You know that. As long as as long as they're ethical. As long as they're ethical is right. What is up, boys? What is up, boys? There's some girls listening to this. What is up, freaks? What do I do calling you boys? Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Freaks. Nerds, geeks, outcast, whoever's listening to this podcast, welcome back. It's your boy Marty Ben here for another edition of Rabbit Hole Recap. You've already heard him already, Matt. What's going on, dude? How's it going, guys? Uh, it's going uh, going good. If you're uh, if you're not uh, if your emotions aren't tied to the price, the official price of Bitcoin right now, according to the TFTC.io ticker, gonna have to refresh because the uh, the price passed me. It takes a little too much time to come around. DJ product note: Let's speed up the ticker. Price is seven thousand four hundred sixty-two dollars and forty-five cents. A lot lower than what it was this time last week. We're at block six hundred. Thousand eight hundred ninety-four um, mempool or the mempool that we are pulling data from uh, is not that full right now. And the current hash rate is at ninety-seven point three three exahash per second, according to the data that we're looking at. And difficulty is very high. I can't even read that number. Um, yeah, with the price drop yesterday, because um, you you brought it up, I wanted to look up the number real quick. Like, if you're just a humble stat stacker, stat stacker, it doesn't fucking matter, right? It's just noise. Bitcoin moves up and down short term. That's the whole point of dollar cost averaging. Um, but if you're a degenerate BitMEX trader, $181 million got liquidated oh. in a six-minute interval yesterday. Oh. Ooh. And that's the block's uh, Larry Cermak. Shout out, Lawmaster. 18% of a billion wiped out in minutes insane margin trading freaks if you're not a good trader if you don't know what you're doing most importantly if you don't know how to manage risk if you don't know how to manage your value at risk per trade i advise against trading especially with leverage 99 percent people 99 percent of people will lose more money trading than stacking sets and you're talking to somebody who worked at a drop my phone there worked at a fund uh that that were trading markets i would never I mean, not never, but uh, I would uh, be be hesitant to to begin trading because it is uh, a skill that takes time to learn. And uh, no matter how smart you think you are, uh, most people get their dicks pushed in. With Bitcoin short term, it's fucking gambling. Yes, it's just fucking gambling. Yes, it's not like buying. Is it like buying lottery tickets though? That's what a lot of people have been saying lately. Like, you might as well be playing the lottery with Bitcoin this volatile. Well, they were giving me, I mean, we were talking about it in my in my comments. Someone gave me shit because yes. I said Bitcoin was high risk. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think people, when, when I say Bitcoin, like investing in Bitcoin is high risk, I'm not, Bitcoin doesn't have to fail or go to zero for you to get wrecked. Like, but that's what people don't realize. They think it's, it's me being bearish, bearish on Bitcoin. Um, I'm like one of the fucking biggest bulls there is. Like, I'm not fucking bearish at all. I don't know, dude. I think uh, you need to pump your bullishness, bullishness I gotta, up a little bit. I gotta bit. pump my bullishness num- my bullish numbers up. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but like, the price can drop $1,000. The price can drop $2,000. You can get wrecked that way. But you have a, you have a medical expense that comes up. You don't, you don't have savings in your, in your bank account. You don't have fiat to spend. You have to go into your Bitcoin. You know, your, your rent goes up or whatever happens, and you don't have that buffer in place. Bitcoin is in the in a bear market at the time when when it happens, and you have to end up selling at the bottom. Um, you look at people like on, on Andreas Antonopoulos, 
um, where we found out after the 2017 pump that he had no he had no Bitcoin. And the reason was was because he was spending his Bitcoin in the bear market because he needed to spend it. Right. So like. Um, Keep yeah. your fiat jobs. Exactly. Bitcoin is extremely volatile short term. It's way better risk reward ratio than fucking lottery tickets. You just might as well burn your money. And uh, and you need to be able to invest on this thing in like a 10-year time frame. And you have to be willing to take take losses both on paper and also like fuck-ups, like security fuck-ups, using Bitcoin, trying to store it securely. Um, there will be... There will, there will be speed bumps along the way, and you need to be able to absorb those speed bumps. Otherwise, you'll get wrecked before hyper-Bitcoinization, and no one wants that. Yeah, and if you're looking for help of custody of your Bitcoin, and you want some, uh, some peace of mind, the peace of mind that Matt just described, our friends at Casa are helping you out. Freaks, how confident are you in your key security? Uh, have you gotten set up with Multisig yet? Our friends at Casa have drummed up one of the smartest and most secure ways to hodl your Bitcoin. There's no KYC, no altcoins, no percentage fees on your Bitcoin. No one's standing between you and your keys. It's a Bitcoin first and security first company. Cost is focused on Bitcoin and Lightning only and security only. Uh, they have different packages. All memberships come with a full set of hardware wallets for your multi-sig plus the Casa node plus Faraday bags. Early access to all future Casa products. Uh, and then on top of that, if you're a Diamond or Platinum member, it gets you 24-7 VIP service, dedicated client advisors, um, and a custom onboarding and OPSEC plan. So use the code TFTC and you're going to get up to $250 off when you go to keys.casa slash keymaster, or you can email them directly at membership at team.casa. Throw them through the ringer, ask them your hardest OPSEC questions, ask them to walk you through the process and how they can help you. Again, go check out our friends at Casa. We got, we got another one on the way. This is a big one though. Cash app. They've been with us for a while. Jack was just just tweeting uh, an announcement, and they got stocks on the cash app now. We we teased this last week. Uh, people were te- we didn't te- we didn't tease this last week. I teased this earlier this week for the Justin Moon interview, which is a great interview. Go check it out if you haven't already. Uh, great interview. This episode's also brought to you by the cash app, and as you may know by now, they have allowed you to buy stocks. So it's just added to the long list of functionalities that this app has. So. Uh, you freaks already know. Let's you stack sats. Use the code stacking sats to get five dollars when you download, and five dollars going to go to Owls. Uh, so you can buy Bitcoin, sell Bitcoin, send it to a personal wallet, uh, send it from a personal wallet to the app. Then on top of that, they have the Boost program. You go to your local merchants, you turn on your Boost, you spend it where uh, the merchant is. If it's Whole Foods, you get the five percent off. Walk down the street, go get a coffee, dollar off. And now, if you want to diversify out of stats, uh, sats. If you want to diversify from stacking sats you can stack stonks now too apparently uh partial stocks too at that you're gonna be able to buy uh just a fraction of stocks on that if you're uh if stocks are not in your risk appetite you don't have to touch them but they are there for you if you want them so use the code stacking sats go to your local app store today download the cash app and uh yeah they have all this cool functionality for you there it's uh only getting more robust and more useful by the day again i honestly we talk about like ethical uh, sponsorships like I use all these apps and I love them cash app in particular um, and last but not least we have our friends at Unchained Capital very excited for this weekend I actually have Drew in town we're gonna we're gonna sit back down we haven't sat down like a year and a half we're gonna talk about his uh, Bitcoin and space piece and a bunch of other stuff what they've been working on at Unchained um, you freaks already know that they're hardcore Bitcoiners working on supporting mul- multiple open source projects including Slip 39, which they uh, launched last week in conjunction with Treasure. 
smart custody hermit and caravan um we talk a lot about multi-sig uh, unchain is another company that offers multi-sig vaults for both individuals and businesses Unchain's collaborative custody model is a great way to improve security create redundancy and reduce risk of single points of failure um, while also retaining your control Unchained also offers an integrated lending platform. So if you have Bitcoin in a multi-sig vault and you need a uh, little liquidity, friends don't let friends sell Bitcoin. Um, so they have offers the easy access to loans using Bitcoin as collateral. Collateral is always stored on chain is dedicated in a dedicated multi-sig address, excuse me, uh, with the option for you to hold a key and your Bitcoin is never rehypothecated. So go check them out at unchained-capital.com. That's unchained-capital.com. Uh, before we get started with today's episode, I just wanted to chat about Cash App real quick with the stocks. Go for it. Um, two things. Uh, the first thing is I fucking love that Jack announced on Twitter um, the stock integration, and he couldn't help himself. Uh, the last tweet in his three-tweet thread said that if you know if you don't want stocks, you can still stack sats instead. And he showed there's like a little toggle between. Now we know why the Bitcoin tab in Cash App. Um, doesn't have the Bitcoin symbol. It just has like a graph line on it. And it's because I'm, I'm assuming when the update rolls out that they're going to put stocks and Bitcoin um, in that section of the Cash App. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, this is what we were sold. Um, I mean, what well, we didn't buy, but this is what was being sold in 2017 as, as one of the reasons, you know, like the pomps of the world saying tokenize the world. One of the reasons they were saying this was because they were like, well, if we tokenize equities then you know we tokenize stocks then you'll be able to buy a fraction of a stock which you're which you're not able to do usually which is crazy by the way that you're not able to but cash app is just proven and i think other some other apps allow too like Robinhood and stuff i'm not sure there's a couple other apps that have started offering fractional stocks but like you don't need a token for this shit like it's all fully regulated anyway you have to do KYC anyway. You might as well just have existing financial institutions give you that ability. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I believe, um, what was it, Ameritrade? Did they roll out something similar? Can, Someone did, right? Yeah. If, I don't know if it was When Ameritrade. I buy stocks, I buy whole shares. <laughs> buy whole, be a whole share. Channeling my American hodl there. Um, no, yeah. It's, it's, and again, obviously, disclaimer, Cash App. Uh, sponsored the ad. We just literally commenting on the ad, but um, no, yeah. And people are like, Oh my God, like, why are they adding stocks? Like, why not? Like, again, like we talk about banks of the future and uh, like fintech is a hot, hot sector. Obviously. He just rolled his eyes when he said fintech. I did. I did. But um, we're seeing companies like square stripe and other payment processors now turning into what seems to be bank like, entities uh innovating and they, they move faster it seems at least to me uh it's a much better aesthetically pleasing user experience at least and then from uh actual functionality ux experience it's great as well again i use the cash card every day i fucking love it and then yeah they're trying have, to be a bank in a pocket basically yeah, yeah i have contemplated actually getting my my uh direct deposit for my job to my cash app so I can just easily buy Bitcoin right away. It's a crazy, un- that's a crazy underrated feature because in combination with that, you basically any American can uh, choose what percentage of their salary gets paid in Bitcoin, right? Yeah. Because you just have a direct deposit in the cash app and then you just buy accordingly. Yeah, auto buys. They're not there yet, but hopefully they will be at some point. Yeah, when auto buys, Jack. Yeah, Jack, I know you're listening. 
when auto buys. But not seriously, again, like bank of the future type shit. Like I think these more forward thinking as much as the tech elite get shit on the, the experiences that they have created and the, uh, the UX flows that they've created over time are uh, vastly superior to the incumbent banking system, in my opinion, um, at least in, compared to my Bank of America app. Yeah, I mean, does it does it uh, make uh, the Cantillon effect less severe? The fact that uh, there's a lot of utility derived from from the investments in these companies. Well, like, well, like the idea, like part of the Cantillon effect is that you see with the increase of money supply, you see um, equities and like real estate go up in value uh, disproportionately, right? So, but the problem is that like middle class and poor people don't have like a diversified equities, you know, portfolio. So is them being able to buy like a fraction of Berkshire Hathaway or a fraction of the SPX, like just $10 here, $10 there, does that make it any better? No, I don't think so. The Cantillon effect's all about uh, when you get access to that money, right? So... um People with access to the banking window are able to take those funds and then allocate them how they wish. Ideally, they're supposed to lend them out to companies and people building companies and stuff like that. But sometimes they'll shuffle it into other assets like real estate and stock market. And uh, by the time that money's created, those banks that bought the stocks, uh, the Cantillon effect would dictate that uh, the stock prices have risen before uh, consumers buying stocks on the cash app have had time to realize the, the, uh, effects of, uh, monetary base inflation. But they might've already been owning the stocks. Yes, right? that's true. That, yeah, yeah. But, in but the, the other in the thing, opposite, I'm not saying it, it would fix it. I'm just, I was just, you know, I was, no and, then, but. no, and then the other thing there is like, most people probably don't have enough disposable income too. But now they stocks. might. Now, now they, they might. might buy five dollars worth of Berkshire Hathaway, right? That's what I'm saying. That's is that that's the difference. We shall see. We shall see. I'm not trying to pitch this as you know, this isn't Bitcoin. It's not it's not fixing it, but no, that, I Bitcoin mean, uh, fixes it's fine it's more financial inclusion, which is good. Yes, I agree. This is uh better for I mean, that's the other hand. Yeah. Do you and the sailors thing the should people be individual stock pickers? That's another question you get down. Right? That's what yeah. I was that was the other thing I was thinking. Is it is it like ethical to offer them stocks? Like but who's who's to decide? Like exactly. why should you be able to decide? That's just like paternalistic thinking. Exactly. I agree. I agree. A lot of questions. I'm sure they uh they thought this through at the Cash App uh, before launching, but I think I'll stop buying stocks on Robinhood and start using Cash App just for consolidation purposes. Um there's my millennial plug there. I use Robinhood. Do you ever buy Dogecoin on Robinhood? Fuck no. God, no. Um, ooh, before we get to... We haven't even got to a topic yet. We're 15 minutes in. But before we get to the topics, got to give a shout-out to the person who bought a shout-out. This is a good one. Uh, starting November 1st, uh, we're calling this Fast for Satoshi. You're going to improve your health and stack sats at the same time. On the 1st of November, you're going to skip your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, your coffee, or your midday snack, and use those funds to market buy Bitcoin. It's November 1st. Remember, your future self and 6.15 bitches will thank you. Use the hashtag, hashtag fast for Satoshi to increase awareness. Fast for Satoshi? Fast for Satoshi. What's the date? November 1st. November 1st. So we're about a week away. I fucking love this idea. A this week is from a great tomorrow. idea. So we're going we're gonna to skip a couple meals. If you're if you're if you're working in a big city, you have to commute to work every day, and you and you go 
to the halal cart and you get like a five dollar halal halal meal skip that meal one day you know and buy bitcoin and this uh um i spoke with the gentleman who who purchased this shout out uh over dms and he said he uh, got his inspiration from reading old libertarian textbooks and apparently um uh like the agorist and the libertarians and the hardcore anarchists would take two days a month i believe and fast and use the money they would have spent on food uh or things they would have done that day to pull together um for those less fortunate it's a pretty cool idea uh people like to talk about who's going to build the roads who's going to take care of the poor Apparently, there are examples of history through of uh, libertarian freer societies that uh, that would fast a couple days a month, pool the money, and give it to give it to those less fortunate, which I think is a pretty cool idea. And we're gonna do this uh, by stacking sats. I like this idea better. It's a good one. Let's stack some sats. November first. Yeah, November first. Um, fast fa- for Satoshi. Fast for Satoshi. We'll put the hashtag in the tweet when we send this out. Um, big list this week. Big list. We're going to start with something we missed last week. Had it on the list. We breezed over it for some reason. I forget why, but layer one, Alex Legal, who's been on this podcast before last year, um, uh, is being backed by Peter Thiel and a bunch of other investors. I believe they got $200 million worth of funding to... They got $50 million. $50 million. And a $200, $200 million valuation. valuation. That's what it is. $50 million of funding, $200 million valuation uh, to build out a Bitcoin mining operation in West Texas. Uh, Alex launched a Medium post with the announcement uh, basically saying that Texas is going to be the capital of Bitcoin mining uh, and trying to basically bring... Uh, more distribution to the mining space and, and more mining to America, which I think is imperative. So very excited to see what they build out. Um, very interested to see what happens, considering a lot of it is solar and wind. Um, so uh, very much looking forward to that. What are your thoughts? I thought it was interesting that the angle they pitched it as, uh, well, one of the main angles they pitched it as was from like a patriotic uh, national defense kind of angle which we've theorized a lot about here at the pod um is that is that it's going to be both in your financial best interests and your national security interests to have a thriving bitcoin mining sector in your country just to hedge out other world powers um and also just to fully you know take advantage of your of your energy because it's such an easy way to monetize energy um the other thing I thought was interesting was they the two hundred million dollar valuation seems like really really fucking high, and then, but the way they justify it is two things. Well, first they justify it based off what we just earlier said is is you know there should be if you're like a rich American if you're Peter Thiel like you should want U.S. mining to be stronger and there's already a lot of big U.S. mining ops here too. Um, but it's always good to see more. But the other big thing is that they supposedly made all the chips in-house. They have their own ASICs that they're not selling to the general public. And they have one of the issues with mining in Texas is that it's hot. So you need to cool all your chips, and that's an additional cost. That's why you see a lot of mining happening in places like Iceland and stuff, like where you have cheap excess energy coupled with the fact that you have basically free cooling because it's cold outside. So they supposedly have some proprietary cooling method, right? So we don't really know if either of those things, how legit that is. So it's, that's what it's going to come down to probably. Yeah. Um, we shall see 
how good the product is when it hits the market. But again, going back to just the overall point of the necessity for Bitcoin mining operations in America, I am a true whole wholehearted believer in this idea. Bitcoin, whether you like it or not, is inherently geopolitical. It is ge- geopolitical because it's apolitical. Anybody can access it. Anybody can have a Bitcoin strategy. People do have Bitcoin strategies, which we'll talk a little bit more in a little bit here. Um, and people will have Bitcoin strategies moving into the future. Like it's just inevitable. Like it's already happening. So uh, it would be wise for uh, America to to join this race, this arms race in mining. And we I do think we have an incredible opportunity considering all the uh, excess energy we have in oil and natural gas fields, natural gas fields in particular um, across America in the Permian and the Bracken Basin. Like there is so much untapped energy. There was an article in the New York Times that came out last week. I read about it in the Bent. Um, actually, while well, I was citing one of uh, one of Alex Legal's uh tweet threads on on why they're getting into it uh, and they're using wind and solar right yes they're using wind and solar but uh so just to give you freaks an idea of in america like how much more efficient we can be with the with the energy that we're consuming again an uh, article in the new york times came out a couple of weeks ago and it said the data also shows that bp this year acquired some of the most polluting sites in the permian and then followed flaring and venting to increase so flaring is when you you cap and you burn burn the energy. You don't really use it for anything. You just burn it um, instead of uh, instead of venting it. Venting it is a lot worse for the environment. So ideally, we would be uh, flaring as much natural gas uh, as possible. But right now, BP uh, flared off only seventeen percent, so eighty three percent. And it was just because they were required to by law. Yes, they're right? required to by law. Um, to flare a certain amount. Yes, and they've made a they made a commitment, or excuse me, Exxon's made a commitment to get to twenty five percent, like flaring levels by twenty twenty. But something Bitcoin like that. mining lets them get to a hundred percent and make money doing it. Yeah. So the the pro- a profit motive. Again, we've talked about this a lot on this podcast, but to distill it, really, the problem the, the problem is that you have this energy stranded in uh, very odd areas, very far far off places, far from cities in particular, and they literally can't build the pipe. That's why you hear all this shit about pipes and pipelines and stuff like that. They can't build the pipes to transfer all the energy they're taking out of the ground to the cities and places that had demand for energy in particular. So you have a problem where uh, there's no demand for that energy in the the local area. So Bitcoin creates that demand. You show up where it is. So you cut the the need for hundreds of miles of pipelines down to feet of a very small pipeline that just goes from the site to a generator that's consuming the energy and then that's powering bitcoin miners so this is something where you have a lot of efficiencies that could be gained obviously here in america in particular like we should be all over this and i do think like you want to talk about a green new deal we should have an initiative where we're going around to all these oil fields and retrofitting them with Bitcoin miners. Bitcoin is the Green New Deal. Bitcoin is the Green New Deal. And it and the same is true with renewables. Like a lot of times you see, um, like in this case, layer one is using solar um, and they're basically putting it in the desert, right? Uh, so no one lives out there. So you don't have to transport it. All you need is an internet connection and you're able to mine. Um, that's pretty crazy. And they also want to do financial services, but I don't know. 
you know, like a full stack. Just seem, yeah, they'll do the full stack. Well, and I think this is also an important thing to bring up. Alex's uh, thread that I cited in the Ben earlier this week. Uh, he ran with the the Bitcoin as a huge battery and like energy storage system uh, meme, which is popular out there. And I'm definitely I like that meme. I like it too, but I, I've fallen victim to it. But at the end of the day, it is a little bit. I don't want to say disingenuous. It's a little bit wrong, right? Because like you can't store energy in bitcoin i mean you're storing it as money which is almost better it's more liquid yeah i mean what like battery storage right now you're just trading energy consumed energy for bitcoin isn't battery storage it's like 40 percent efficiency or something like that it's like fucking horrendous like when you store in a battery um so like if you can store it as money instead and you don't get that loss of efficiency right it's so much better well that's you're not making that battery more efficient or just allocating that right. capital into that's, another good. Did you see Joe's response, Joe Weisenthal's response? No. He, in his uh, morning post today, uh, Bitcoin is like alcohol. I did, not, I did not It's see digital that. alcohol. That's what it was. Bitcoin is not digital gold. It's digital alcohol. Why is it digital alcohol? Because like with alcohol, you take grapes, right? You take all these grapes, like these 2,000 grapes or whatever, and they can spoil really easily, and they're hard to transport, and they're hard to store. But then if you convert them into wine, then they're easy to store, like easy to transport and barter and stuff. And, and they age, and they age well instead of going bad. So it was a positive comment from Joe. Yeah. Bitcoin is digital alcohol. I like that, Joe. You know we like alcohol in this podcast. Hey, any of you whiskey companies listening, reach out. Reach out. We're looking for a whiskey sponsor. I'm surprised we, we didn't get a whiskey sponsor. And yet. I'm not going to play favorites right now. No free ads. We'll, uh, we'll let you guys approach us. I'm biting my tongue. Don't play. Yeah, yeah. keep your. We we need to create a bidding war here. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Ethical revenue via whiskey company uh, bidding wars. But yeah, um, Bitcoin mining is coming to America. I believe we don't have this on the list, but I believe Bitmain. There was rumors. I mean, there's headlines that they bought the biggest mining operation in America in Texas as well. But I, I'm skeptical of that claim. We have a lot around like hydro. There's a lot in upstate New York, uh, Washington State. Um, wherever there's dams, there's always excess really cheap energy. Yes, and I can tell you from experience that uh, these energy companies are starting to wake up to this fact as well. That they're leaving some money on the table. And there's ways to to create different revenue streams on their, on their operations. Yeah. I mean, I think there's just such a clear, um, revenue model here that, that people are going to jump on it really quickly. Um, we have more good news backed, uh, just hit its all time high volume yesterday. Yeah, this was, uh, we were actually spitballing about this before we hit record. I was talking about this with some other friends yesterday and somebody's like, ah, like is backed anywhere. Like what's the volume? Like, I'm like, ah, it can't be, it's not that good. And I checked, and this was yesterday morning, probably like 11 a.m. It was at 333 Bitcoin by then. Um, and, yeah, like you just alluded to, they announced earlier this morning that yesterday was an uh, all-time high for them. They hit 640 uh, Bitcoin, or one contract's worth one Bitcoin. So 640 Bitcoin worth of volume on, on that uh, product. Yeah, and just for comparison, the day before they had 85. Yeah, so what's going on? Like, it wasn't even... It, it just like skyrocketed. Yeah, and so like in comparison, CME when I checked it at the same time that uh, backed was at three hundred thirty-three Bitcoin. The CME at that point was at like ten forty-eight Bitcoin. 
So it was like one third um, of the volume. So like it seems like it's approaching parity. And is this like a more popular product? Like, well, like so, it launched. When did it launch? A month ago or September first, maybe right? Yeah. So like two almost two months ago, and it had a slow start. It was a different product. People had to get used to it. But I mean, yesterday was the big sell-off, right? So whenever you see volatility, traders come into the market in general. Um, I don't know. It's just something to keep an eye on. It's interesting. Today, supposedly, uh, it's gonna, it's trending to break all-time high again. So two days back-to-back, major volume. Is the CME suffering as a result? or? Um, I don't know. I don't really I follow this. Ch- I got to check into that. I, uh, yesterday was the first time I checked uh, volumes on both exchanges for the first time in a while. Um, so like the difference, but so the CME is cash settled and then the backed, like you can actually take delivery of the Bitcoin. You can receive actual Bitcoin, right? Yeah. So it'd be more, uh, more appeasing to me at least. Um, yeah, but that's a, that's great. Is it good though? Cause this is actually segues. We might, yeah. We should talk about that now. It segues into, um, what I alluded to earlier talking about. Uh, administrations and countries having a Bitcoin plan. It seems that the Trump administration has a Bitcoin uh, plan. I wrote about this yesterday in the Ben. I was truly, honestly, like taken aback when I uh, this article was was shared with me, and literally the first quote in um, in the article from CoinDesk. Let me see who wrote this from CoinDesk. Brady Dale. Yeah, so Brady Dale wrote an article yesterday. Um, or was it yesterday or was it two days ago? It's two days ago at this point. Um, basically documenting the ex-CFTC uh, chairman, uh, Christopher Giancarlo, um, who was speaking at some, some conference, basically admit that the Trump administration has a Bitcoin plan or was watching Bitcoin and acted to affect the price of Bitcoin at least. So here's a quote. One of the old untold stories of the past years is that the CFTC, the Treasury, the SEC, and the National Economic Council director at the time, Gary Cohen, uh, believed that the launch of Bitcoin futures would have the impact of popping the Bitcoin bubble. And it worked. Um, so it seems like just like an offhand comment, but it's a comment coming from somebody who was the chairman uh, of one of the most important regulators in the country working closely with the Trump administration, the Treasury, the SEC, uh, and other uh, entities within our government, basically saying that, yeah, we were looking at Bitcoin, uh, we were worried about the price, we deemed it something we could not control, and basically the intentions of allowing uh, the future markets to, to develop were to pop the bubble and to basically make the price go down, which is pretty crazy. Um, so, I mean... Before we unpack it, what I would say is, you know, they, we've had Bitcoin bubbles in the past. Um, If they want to take credit for the CME helping to pop it when it popped, um, they also should be ready to take credit for the bubble being as big as it was. I think, I think without the Trump administration, without the CME adding futures um, to Bitcoin, like we never would have seen the all time high we saw. It was like 19, whatever, Um, because things, it was it was all up into the lead up of CME launching in the first place, right? It was like crazy. It was like that was the most crazy legitimate. Like they made Bitcoin legitimate that day, right? When they added CME, when they announced that it was going to happen, 
um, and CBOE. Yeah, and I want to be clear here. Like, if Bitcoin, and I wrote about this in, in the bed, if you haven't read it, though, like, if Bitcoin is to be what we think it is, and we do think, quote-unquote, institutions are coming, but that's something we have been warning you freaks for quite some time to not hold your breath about. <gasps> but if that is going to happen, the, the development of this future market is pretty predictable. So, again, like, uh, just letting the market have better price discovery tools is to be expected what i really startled me again was the it was the like candor and the admission of the intention of the, the intent whether or yes. not it was effective or not because we've had bubbles in the past yeah and we'll never be able to um, prove if that did pop the bubble well, we've had bubbles in the past like bitcoin just goes through bubbles and they pop you know severely uh this time it was exacerbated i think because of cme but the intent is pretty notable um, the other thing is like a lot of people, so this has brought up more talk about like rehypothecation and like suppressing the Bitcoin price through futures markets, uh, cash settled futures specifically like CME. You know, I don't really prescribe to that. I don't think. I think the beauty of Bitcoin is that if we all just keep stacking sats and withdrawing that and securing them ourselves and taking custody ourselves, then there's only so many Bitcoin. Like how... Like, how would they be able to suppress the price that way? Like, if we just kept self-custody, just keep adding to our stack and just, we would just run up the price. Every The price would just have to go up. Well, that's, that's the knock on these derivative products is you can fuck with the price without holding the underlying. Uh, but how can you? If people are just buying and well, taking it off exchange. Because it's, it's leverage trading. You don't need as much to have as, uh, as, as, uh, you don't need as much to have like a crazy influence on the markets. But long term, you won't be able to suppress no, no, the price. No, no, obviously. And this is actually probably a good uh, good segue into a product that launched today. I wrote about it in today's bent. Uh, our friends at Iterative Capital. We've had Chris Dannon on the podcast. Go check out that episode if you haven't yet. That was over a year ago. I think we're going to get together soon again. But uh, Iterative announced the launch of a new product that they're they're spinning out called Escher Hub. And it's uh, basically very similar to Olympus. It's a non-custodial exchange. You're going to have to do KYC and all that good stuff, but they're really honing in on trying to cut down the settlement time uh, between U.S. dollar bank accounts uh, and Bitcoin exchange accounts, uh, the fees, and then uh, they really want to get rid of buy limits. So if you do the proper KYC, you're going to be able to buy $2 million worth of Bitcoin at once pretty easily it's non-custodial yes and it's non-custodial so you can connect it with any wallet you want and you'll basically uh buy bitcoin via escher hub and they'll send it right to an address of your uh, or lightning for smaller amounts yeah or lightning as well um so this is what i said in the bend today like i love seeing this ux flow of exchanges sort of become more popular and the go-to for new exchanges that are coming up because this is the way it should be and uh, going back to our futures um uh, futures markets discussion like if this UX flow does become popular and people are comfortable with uh, interacting with the exchange where they buy and get it sent right to a personal wallet um, you're you're really taking away um, ammunition from those those uh, short sellers because they usually get liquidity from big books big exchanges and stuff like that yeah they would not be able to suppress the price it could just keep going up um, it could. I mean, it would. There, it would have bubbles, just like it's always had, right? But I think the volatility with adoption should uh, edge itself out a little bit. Yeah, but regardless of the futures contracts, like I, again, this UX flow, like of sending straight to a wallet, non custodial, non custodial is key. And 
I thought it was I thought it was interesting because I was um, after this announcement, which was I thought was great. I thought you, you can see on the live stream, you can see Chris's actual presentation um, in Berlin for the Lightning Conference. It was a great presentation. Um, I went back because of the 10 year anniversary, we did our first live show ever. Um, and, and Chris and the t guys at Iterative Capital uh, hosted us. Yes. Um, Can't forget about that. Forget and the that. last question, and um, one of our listeners gave us a bottle of really nice Japanese whiskey. Um, it was like the bottom of the market. Uh, so like Seven Drink Matt came out, like I was pretty drunk or whatever. The end of the, at the very end, Chris asks us a question in the Q&A period. And the question was twofold. The first part of the question was he was basically telling us that we had to wrap it up and get off. Um, but the second part was he asked if we thought lightning would be used um, like by exchanges to deliver Bitcoin to their customers. Um, and I like drunkenly said it was like too risky. We're never going to see it. It's never going to happen. Uh, it requires hot wallets and like locking up liquidity and the routing fees aren't going to make them like any money. And it just creates all this additional liability. Um, and now here we are, uh, that was in January. So here we are 10 months later and Chris and the guys over there are launching, are launching <laughs> exactly. that product that I said was never possible. So I just think you're going to eat like, crow. Are you eating crow right now? I'm admitting to it. You know, I think Bitcoin, it's big of you. It comes at you fast, you know, and, uh, and, 10 months becomes a really long time, which it's in, I think in like the normal world, it's 10 months only. Yeah. But I was like a lightning bear in January. No, we're, um, I'm all for better, better and, and more on ramps or any the more competition, the better. Our noddle just hit seven months just to put it all into, into reference. Right. So we're going to have to, um, we're going to have to tip the thief. Yeah. The thief, if you're listening, send us an invoice via DMs. We'll, <laughs> we'll tip you. It's a big, uh, it's been a big year. And I, I, so also, so this is like, it reminds me, this is like the Get Bitter model, right? Yes. Um, and Bitter also announced uh, over the weekend that they are doing Lightning as well. So, so Bitter, we've had Ruben on the podcast. They, you know, whenever you send a bank transfer, it just uh, sends to your wallet address. And now he's going to add Lightning. And I think it's a partnership with Noddle. You need a Noddle at first to use it boss innovation everywhere man and that's uh i don't want to i don't want to ruin the episode with evan and talk about it before it airs but that um that quote i tweeted about today just stop worrying about handing out red pills and worry about uh strengthening zion's defenses that's that has stuck with me the whole week that's such that. a good quote you just fucking dropped it too yeah i don't know i was like who where's that from he's like i made it up i was like whoa boss dude but um that comes out next week. These are great examples, like Bitter, like these, uh, what Bitter's doing, what uh, the, the Escher Hub team's doing, Olympus coming out, like all these. Spark Swap. Spark Swap. On top of that, uh, uh, I'm seeing. Bull Bitcoin, they're not doing Lightning yet, but they do a similar non-custodial model. But I'm like, even like beyond exchanges, like, uh, I don't know if we have this on the list, but I wrote about it today in the pen too. A lot of bent references. Um, uh, there's review groups being uh, being developed for Taproot review. So if you're a developer listening right now and uh, you want to help review the Taproot code and give critiques and contribute to the open source project and 
and and make sure there's there's no bugs. I believe Andrew Towns is is hosting a uh, review club or starting a review club on November first. So we will link to that GitHub page. But um, again, it feels like while we were talking about it with Evan, we were like a little worried, like are people just trying to red pill? But then red pill too much, but then you see uh, stuff like this come out, and it makes me very very bullish. The fundamentals to me are are ripping and roaring right now. Like yes. Speaking of fundamentals, Tails 4.0 was released. Yeah, so this is a big one. Um, it brings it up to Debian 10. Uh, but the really big thing for me is it brings Electrum support back because uh, it was broken for a little bit. So now Electrum's fully up to date. Um, and that's really important. So Tails is a live <coughs> distro of Linux. So you, you put it on a USB drive. Um, you stick it in and it's, it's done by the Tor Foundation. You stick it into your computer, you boot from it, and it boots you into Linux, um, and everything automatically goes through Tor. So if you're using Tor, it's like probably the most secure way for the average user to use Tor. Um, and then as soon as you pull the USB drive out, it forgets everything. Everything that you were doing on your computer theoretically should be wiped at that point. Um, and what's, awesome, what's been awesome about it for the longest time is that it has Electrum support. So you can generate a cold wallet in there or use it with your hardware wallet um, in like a secure environment without downloading any additional software. It's just all built into Tails. Um, so now that brings that back, you can do like multi-sig, all these different stuff through Electrum on there. Um, the usual disclosures, if you're using Electrum, you should uh, connect it to your own server, um, either like Electris or Electromex. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. And then the other thing they added was they added KeePass. They built in KeePass, which is an open source password manager. So that's fucking dope. So that's a very good, uh, that could be a good option for um, accessing like important passwords and stuff like that. That's how our boy uh, John Doe secured his Bitcoin through his four saddle. It was on Tails. Yeah, supposedly. Yeah, that's the... Uh... Tails is great. I fucking love Tails. It's it's just yeah. It it was like my go to cold storage method for a while. Um, it's just a very easy process. Speaking of cold storage, uh, Crypto Steel the capsule. This thing's fucking dope. It's dope. Is it a? It's very phallic as well. <laughs> so, Nature's pocket. Right? So Crypto Steel, the creators of Crypto Steel, which is a uh, basically a physical uh, seed phrase. Uh, holder holder what's that it's like instead of writing your seat on paper you put it in metal yeah yeah so they had these plates before where you would put letters in yeah impervious to fire impervious to to water damage and corrosion and stuff like that and now they come out with another uh metal uh i don't i don't want to say hardware they come out with another it's like, like their new product yeah. i think it's like replacing the other yeah, one basically. basically a paper wallet but in with metal and uh yeah it's cool it's like a little pipe it looks like a pipe and you have little disc uh with letters on them and you it seems like it would be a long process getting your seed phrase in there but um they're seeds they're worth it yeah yeah so and if you mix it with like a shamir's or a multi-sig setup or whatever you get like five of them you put them different places they're smaller than the last device but they hold more letters um i don't know i think it's just a really solid product i already ordered one um i almost ordered five because I think it should be fucking, they could be very useful. Um, but I was like, no, let me test out one first. I was, I was good about that. I was proud of myself. 
Um, but I think it's a pretty, it seems like a well thought out product. Yeah. And it was very outside the box. There's a lot of the plate ones now that are on the market from all these different, and also you can stamp. A lot of people take titanium and just stamp it themselves uh, with like a hammer and a stamper. Um, but the crypto steel product was always a solid product. This takes it a step further, I think. Oh, and also once you screw it in, it's tamper resistant. So, you know, if someone opened it, um, which is if you're using a Shamir's or multi-sig setup, if someone gets one of them, you're still should be good. Uh, but at least you know that they've seen it. Yeah, that's a very good point. And I think it's nature nature's pocket friendly too. Yeah, I Just mean, you're case. such a child. That, that was like the first thing you thought of. But, <laughs> but yes, it does, it does appear that way. I wonder if it was an intentional design. You got to keep your, uh, your inner child alive, freaks. It's Uncle Marty lesson right there. Keep it alive. What would your 18-year-old self think of you? What would he think? Or she? Um, yeah, we alluded to it. Alluded. I keep saying alluded to. We talked about uh, the Lightning Network conference over the weekend. Uh, probably, I know you're very jacked up about these uh, these reveals, but probably uh, the biggest reveals of the weekend were the gaming, the games that came out. So ZBD. Super jacked up. ZBD, we talked about them last week, and I did have uh, the name of the company correct. So ZBD.io. Um, which is uh, spun out of light. Uh, Koala Studios, that team, Andre Neves and uh, Mandel Duck, and then um, the team at Satoshi Games uh, came out with a game as well. So ZBD dropped Raikai, which is like a Tekken-like game where you can win sats, and they even iterated on the game over the weekend. If you're watching some of the streams, they they added uh, the ability for uh, spectators to, to purchase... Uh, like life for for the their player of choice and it was pretty cool to see that live it worked they have a second game too they announced asgard yeah as well. asgard and um satoshi's game came out with light night which seems pretty fucking crazy it looks fucking badass so it's like fortnite but uh for bitcoin nerds yes yeah, battle royale but for sats yeah in both of these games sats are the standard that's what that's what the unit is. That's what they use in the thing. You're, um, you're neither are pay this. to win. Neither are pay to win, like exactly as it should be. Um, but when you do win, you get paid, and that's fucking dope. When you kill someone, you take their sats. You're uh, you're under the impression that gaming's going to be huge for this. I'm super. I'm super what, fucking pumped. What in particular about gaming? Like, do you think? Can you see yourself? Like, should we set up a Twitch stream? Should we be getting a Twitch stream and playing Light for Night? For Light Night. I'm going to, yeah, we're definitely doing Twitch stream for Light Night. Okay. Oh, and they're accepting, they're, they need they need help with the funding, so they're accepting pre-orders for it. So consider, cons, you know, consider pre-ordering it as a half donation, half pre-order. Um, you know, I think, I think, look, we have global gaming is fucking booming. It's one of, it's, it's the fastest growing area of media um, and we have, we have kids, uh, people of all ages playing it all around the world. Lots of people playing it competitively. Um, but each ecosystem is a closed ecosystem. So if people could anonymously play these games and win money, um, from other people, it's like mixing gambling with gaming, right? How do we not and have like big gamers in the Bitcoin yet? Like this should be no brainer for them. Get all your money gamers. Hey, if you're out there, you're gaming, you're playing for, for one of these big companies, just go Anon. Like you can, you can work from anywhere, right? You don't need these companies. You can, you can get sats directly. You know, maybe they just have good OPSEC. Maybe, 
maybe like like top 10 Fortnite player is listening to the podcast right now while he's playing Fortnite cuz i think they just have to play it all all day right yeah i haven't gamed in a minute maybe this will be the thing that gets me back into gaming i'm yeah i'm super i'm i'm super excited uh for what both guys both teams have in store for us what but was- light night is like really like that really tickles my fancy the whole battle royale drop 100 people last man standing gets all the sats that kind of thing would be dope yeah is there like payout second, third through fifth or winner takes all? It seems like it seems like they also have the model where if you, you're killing someone, you take their sats too. So um, I'm not sure exactly how that will work out. But the, they could, the, one of the cool things about Fortnite is that they do have all these different game styles. Um, so they could even offer you like different lobbies. All I know is like when it comes out, like me and the freaks, we're going to be playing a lot of light night together. What was your uh, what was your gaming upbringing like? What were the games in your life? I actually like. I didn't play till I was like older. Uh, I would say I was complete opposite. I played a shit ton when I was a kid. I stopped like when I got to college. I think I didn't get a console until I was like fourteen or something. Uh, I got one when I was. I got an Nintendo. I would like play at friends' houses, you know. Yeah, we had an N sixty four, then a PlayStation, then an Xbox. Yeah, N sixty four was my first. Yeah. Did, and then uh, just all the Xboxes. Freaks know I'm a Star Fox fan. Rip Star Fox. Ocarina of Time, I think, is the best game ever created. Um, I was a big Halo guy for a minute there in high school. Big Halo guy. I was a no-sniper at one time in my life. No-scope sniper, excuse me. Um, I'm, just, I'm just sitting here just bullish as fuck about gaming and Bitcoin. Again, the fundamentals, dude. And it works well with Lightning, too. You can just withdraw really quickly you can go to to other uh services other games it's just fucking dope yeah the live all the live demos from the conference shout out to the lightning conference the people threw that together in berlin um it was very uh integrated with lightning payments obviously so you saw people buying coffee with bitcoin uh sponsored by bitmax the i believe it's called room 77 or bar 77 room 77 which is a bar yeah it's a bar in berlin that's like bitcoin only People were able to buy um, beers with light, via the Lightning Network and stuff like that. Um, I did hear some people had bad UX experiences, but overall, I think it was uh, pretty successful and uh, in a, in a great advertisement for the Lightning Network overall. Again, we were talking about it last week. We've seen a lot of activity on our site alone. The Dime Bag is the, the most popular page on our website. Go check out our website if you have it. Let us know what you think. Um... We got a bunch of updates, so I'm just going to wrap them off because we're a little short on time here, too. So we got, if you are running Zap, they got updates for iOS and desktop. If you're running BISC, they've updated to version 1.2. Make sure you complete all trades and disputes and offers before upgrading. Make sure everything's finished before you upgrade. Uh, Zeus, uh, they've updated to version 0.1.1, and then... um, async we'll talk about later but yeah so bisc zeus zap uh zeus and zap two apps that let you integrate and interact with your node and lightning wallet and then bisc the p2p exchange where you can uh buy bitcoin person to person no kyc no aml um again if you're going to update bisc if you're a bisc user make sure you complete all trades and disputes that you have open and offers before you upgrade and evan uh who's the creator of Zeus. Uh, we recorded a conversation with him that gets released next week. Yeah. Um, the other thing is 
the guys at Noddle announced that the Noddle Dojo, the upcoming Samurai version, um, is going to have a built-in kill switch, which I thought was pretty badass. Um, so basically the drives on, on this new Noddle are going to be encrypted. Um, so if someone tries to get physical access to the device while it's on um, and tries to open the case, it will shut off the device and clear the encryption key. So they need the password to, to enter the password. So I thought that was a pretty dope um, addition to the box. And I've known about this for like a week, a week and a half, and I wasn't allowed to tell anybody. So I'm <laughs> excited to tell you freaks about it. From the man who brought you a kill switch comes the announcement of a kill switch. It's a... Uh, or Dead Man Switch. Well, yeah, Excuse yeah, me. Dead yeah, Man yeah, Switch. Exactly. Not Kill Switch. Um, no, yeah, it's dope. And is uh Michael, Michael and a uh, team always thinking of, of crazy attack factors. You just I, keep... I wouldn't have never thought my node needs a kill switch, a physical kill switch. Yeah. He's, he's paranoid in a good way and I fucking dig it. Yeah. Um, the other announcement that came out of lightning network conference over the weekend, async, um, they announced their new mobile lightning wallet Phoenix and their intention of doing this is to help with better UX. Uh, we'll have a link to the demo that they shared when they announced it in the notes but yeah it seems pretty cool um non-custodial you're connecting to your node from what i understand and um well it runs a node on your phone yeah and it's a light node so it connects back to um their servers uh so it's you know not you can also connect it to your own node but if you use it in light mode it's not like that ideal for privacy um but there's they're doing something with incoming liquidity they're giving you incoming liquidity somehow yeah, so similar is it similar to Breeze? I think it's a little bit different. So it's simple streamlined onboarding, no channel management, unified balance, transparent on-chain, off-chain payments, simple seed-based backup and restore. It's still non-custodial. Um, and in three minutes, they're able to set up a wallet, receive money, make an on-chain and off-chain payment, and do full backup restore. Again, in less than three minutes. Uh, oh, I, I think I remember what they do. They charge you for... The incoming liquidity. Yes, that is. They, what they give do. you a uh, fee pops up when you go to receive a payment, and it gives you, um, right? Yes. They charge the receiver, the person running it. Yes. Um, so again, these these apps are getting built like crazy. If you are um, an async user, go check that out. Phoenix. Phoenix is the name of the app. We'll have a link to it. Um, and then another thing that um, we talked about this week in the TFTC realm, my conversation with Justin uh, Moon, we touched on Fully Noted. Um, so the Fully Noted iOS app uh, allows you to connect uh, to your own full node through Tor, and you can use it with a cold card with PSTB. Excuse me, I always screw this up. PS- <laughs> you, you fucked it up with PS- Justin, too. PSBT. Um, and this is a YouTube tutorial, uh, Fully Noted. They have iOS and Android apps. It's just iOS. Just iOS. Yeah. yeah. Um, the guy, the guy who uh, who's behind it, tweeted out. He's like, I'm, I'm just making this app to give Matt O'Dell iOS envy. <laughs> but it looks fucking dope as fuck. So you can use your cold card with your full node, um, using using this app, and it's fully open source. Yeah, I watched the demo before, uh, right before you got here. Very very good demo too. Very concise, to the point. Um, and then today as well, if you uh, are checking out the Dig channel, I put this on there. Samurai uh, released a new Anonset tool in a, a Medium post to go along with it. 
Uh, it's called Diving Headfirst in a Whirlpool. Anonymity sets and um, they basically uh, walk you through their process of pre-mix, uh, uh, during mix, and post-mix UX practices and best practices that users should use and how um, users have messed up uh, up to this point. And then on top of that, um, Whirlpool liquidity has been increasing too. That's something we've been talking about here and paying attention to. Um, so apparently liquidity uh, in the Whirlpool mixers has been increasing, which is good. Um, and then staying on the topic of coin joints, we should probably talk about uh, that Ergo BTC um, uh, deep dive into the, the idiots from, was it Push Token? Plus, plus Token. Plus Token. Plus Token. Yeah. yeah, so the Samurai Wallet uh, released a non-set tool um, is really interesting. Uh, the, the Medium post is also very interesting, how they explain um, how they're calculating it. So they give you a command line tool so you can calculate it yourself. Um, basically, the idea is that the way they have it set up with the transaction zero, so in the beginning you pay the fee and you become a transaction zero and they're all the same uh, exact amount. Um, and from that point forward, you don't pay a fee again. Creates this a connection between all the transactions that have been in the past and have been in the future and amplifies the anonymity set, especially if you remix. So because every uh, coin join is a five-person coin join and three, at least three are new people and two are remixes, so because of that, there's like this lineage that happens that, that makes the Anon set larger. You should read the post. The post is very good. Um, no, yeah, the post is very good. No, yeah, the freak should read the post. Yeah. Um, and then with the plus token, yeah. um, so these guys... We, we were actually taught... This is, we were alluding to these guys. I didn't know it was the plus token guys. I just thought it was some random uh, trader. But we alluded to this last week, I believe, right? Or two weeks ago, two weeks like ago, Ergo's yeah. been following the trail for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so Plus Token was a Ponzi-esque scam, or just a straight Ponzi scam uh, in uh, China or in somewhere in Asia. And these guys got caught, um, or some of them got caught, and they're, they're trying to move this money, and some of it through Wasabi, some through other means, um, and they made plenty of mistakes along the way. So Ergo you know, tr- tracked them a bunch. Um, documented the whole thing and it's just a very good read everyone should go and, and read it yeah can't it, really do it justice i actually think i'm gonna write about it in the bend tomorrow because it is a very good uh lesson on how to perform good you or not even good ux how to perform coin joins uh and maintain your privacy again it's not easy freaks um it's not easy at all right now at this yeah. point hopefully it gets easier over time and the tools are being built to make it easier i um, mean they made yeah they made a bunch of mistakes uh a lot of like recombining after mixes and stuff like that they were self shuffling with themselves which you, you could just see that they were you could just see that they were self shuffling um but yeah so it's a, it's a good cautionary tale um and it's just a good way to see like where bitcoin privacy currently is so it's definitely a good read everyone should read both those medium posts read those medium posts and then if you're able to go help review biptaproot um this is pretty big. This is a pretty big fuck up on NordVPN's part. Uh, some of you freaks don't know already. This has been out, I believe, it dropped like last Friday. Um, NordVPN, their private keys leaked. 
Like they forgot to get them re-authenticated or something, right? And they've just been sitting there for quite a while. Yeah, I, I'm not positive, but it's really fucked up. Yeah, so NordVPN. If Basically, you, anyone could create a NordVPN server with these keys yeah. and just start bringing in traffic so from it, users. It could be a government or a nefarious actor. Um, just not what you want to see from your VPN provider. Um, again, trusted third parties, even when you're trying to get away from them. Uh, the ones that you, that you go into can fuck you over. Yeah, so talking about VPNs. So VPNs um, allow you to send your traffic through another server um, that's encrypted to the server. And then once it hits the server, it goes out to the wider web from that server. So it does two things. Um, it means that who's ever providing you internet, whether that's a public Wi-Fi spot at the coffee shop or whether that's your home internet provider, who's ever providing you internet can't see your internet traffic. Um, and it also means that the internet traffic you're doing, the websites you're hitting, the services you're hitting, think you're located wherever the server is located that you're, you're going through. So there's two different types of VPNs. There's VPNs that you run yourself, um, and there's VPNs that are shared VPNs, like these VPN services that have become very popular. Running a VPN yourself is obviously the ideal uh, in a lot of situations. So when you, run a v when you use a VPN provider, what you're doing is you're you're giving they instead of your ISP instead of your internet service provider seeing all your internet surfing, your VPN provider sees all of it, and it's encrypted by these encryption keys that NordVPN lost, right? Um, if if you if you use your own VPN, then if and you set it up properly, that's one of the hard parts is it's hard to set up properly, and you set it up properly, um, then you don't have that issue. But you you end up what you're doing is you're probably running it on on a virtual private server, someone's server in a server farm, um, and you don't have physical access to it. So there's some questions there, but like if you set it up properly, you should be good. Now the issue though is is shared VPNs are dope because when you do that, when you run your own VPN, your your IP address is fixed. Like it's just one server, you have one server, unless you're buying multiple servers in different places. Uh, your IP address is fixed, and you're the only one using it. So if people see you hitting from that IP, like that's still just your IP. But if you use one of these shared VPN services, um, you share that IP with a bunch of other people. So there's like thousands of people on the internet going around, and they all look like they're coming from the same computer. So you hide in the crowd. Um, and especially if you pay with Bitcoin, um, and you don't tie it to your actual name, uh, that provides a nice degree of of privacy it gives you a huge privacy bonus um so i guess like the ideal would be to to run your own vpn and then use that to connect into another vpn that's a shared vpn and then go from there um but i don't know i mean you're still actually that doesn't even help really because even if you nestle it that way you're still showing traffic to the shared vpn but i just i think you use a good solid shared vpn that's not like a one of the reasons NordVPN was so popular was because it was one of the cheapest, right? Like, that's usually a telltale sign. Never use a free VPN. Um, so, like, you get, like, a good VPN. You pay for it with Bitcoin. Uh, you, it's a shared VPN. And you, so your IP address is hiding in the crowd. And for all your important shit, you use Tor for. Like, I think that's, like, got to be the game plan. And I personally, I like Molvad. I think Molvad.net is, is really fucking good. You've turned me on to Molvad, and I, I like it as well. Yeah. And it's, like, nice. You get to pick your server, and, like, each server is, like, you have, like, all these different people. And, like, so then 
it's like kind of a controversial topic. I don't know if you've seen like on the Twitter since Nord happened too. Like it's it came back up to the surface between the people that say run your own, uh, because VPNs could very easily be honeypots, right? Where they're just designed like I think private internet access is like a honeypot. It's located in America. I think they're just trying to filter as much traffic as possible, um, but. At the same time, like there's so much more competition in the VPN world, like it's way easier to start a VPN and you can service the whole world with it uh, than ISPs. Like we know all of our ISPs are spying on us. So it's still a step improvement, I think. Yeah. Now one of those tricky situations with trade-offs, right? You just have to be aware, try and um, stay on top of what your VPN provider is doing. Uh, sorry for you freaks out there using NordVPN, their negligence uh may have harmed you um maybe it didn't but yeah it's pretty fucked pretty big fuck up by nordvpn uh and again we just said that we use molvad but uh, it's not to say that they can have a similar fuck up like this in the future either yeah i mean molvad can spy on you if they wanted to they could be taking logs and stuff they say they're not yeah um you should assume they are uh but you still even if they are doing that you get the benefit of um your isp doesn't know and the sites you visit don't know your IP address. They just see this shared Mulvad IP address, right? Yeah. So it's still, and then for the important stuff, you use Tor. Um, yeah, I think it was a wake up call for a lot of people, which is good though. Yeah, it was, a, it was pretty, I was not expecting to see that headline last week. Yeah. And it's been out there, for, supposedly. It's been out there for like a couple of years, right? It's been leaked for a while, right? Yeah. yeah. That's pretty fucked. Um, Last topic here, I just want to touch on this. Mario Draghi, who has been uh, the chairman of the European Central Bank for the last eight years, is finally walking away from the position. Uh, and during his eight-year tenure, he did not raise interest rates once. And he's handing off the baton to Christine Lagarde, who's coming to the ECB from the IMF, another uh, part of the banking, uh, uh, the global banking vampire squid if you will um so it'll be interesting to see the fed too uh, we'll just end it on central bank talk the fed had to purchase i believe 142 million billion dollars excuse me billion dollars worth of uh they the repo markets overnight from yesterday today had 142 billion dollars of operations going on so um that's usually not a good sign remember when they first started these operations and they were supposed to last for five days i believe they were they were buying uh 70 billion a day and they haven't stopped right? they haven't stopped no they're still going and it's only getting some people are saying like it's phantom qe4 well yeah you have it's, an opinion i on mean that? it's it's uh I, I would i would agree with it's qe without calling it qe it has the same effect just go look at the the monetary base chart that we like to bring up in the uh the baruch college class every every semester if you go check that um since these operations have started the monetary base has been increasing again so Yes, it is basically doing the same thing that QE did when QE happened. So, yeah, it's QE without calling it QE. Sats are my safe haven. Find safety in sats, baby. That's all we got this week. If you're liking it, if you're listening to this on YouTube, please smash that subscribe button. Uh, if you're listening to this on Apple, subscribe that, subscribe that, subscribe that. Smash that subscribe button as well. All the reviews that you guys can give help. We love making the show. It's been a lot of fun. We're just over two years here. We got big things going. This is 
the podcast is doing the best that it ever has since since uh, I started this a couple years ago. I can't thank you freaks enough for tuning in. The bench at what five ninety eight. We're gonna hit number six hundred on Monday. Insane. Yeah. It's You're gonna wake up with a pep in your step on Monday. Yeah. Well, it's all again. I do it because you freaks keep coming back. You masochist out there. I don't know why. Um, but thank you for all your support. If you guys are liking it and uh, want to get a shout out on here, tftc.io/contribute. Um, we got more videos coming. We've got we've got more big plans on the horizon. We have got more good guests coming as well. Um, yeah, it's just fun. Happy fall. I'm like happy on this Thursday. Fuck yes. Stay humble. Stack sets. <coughs> Peace and love, freaks. <laughs>